This is Comedy Year Zero, a show that does comedy by examining its nuts and bolts through the looking glass of contemporary American life. Welcome to episode one, which consists of three sketches examining various aspects of American cultural mediocrity. Hence its title, The Evil of Banality. It's Narc Tank, the show where budding entrepreneurs beg famous billionaires to fund their ideas for useless products and services. Our snarks tonight are Charlie Pertussis, manager of a multi-billion dollar hedge fund who just bought and closed Reddit. Jodhpuri Gupta, real estate tycoon and CEO of the Black Hole of Calcutta Development Corporation. And Winston Boston Blackie Taylor, entrepreneur and creator of Junk Sticks, the first heroin-tipped cigarette. Let's welcome our first entrepreneur. He's Pee Wee Frump of Youngstown, Ohio. Hey, dude, where's the sizzle? Huh? Yes, come on and wow us. I need a good wowing. Huh? Son, why don't you tell us about your company? You want to buy some lemonade? Ah, new soft drink idea. You know me, I'm always thirsty. Five cents a glass. Can we try some? Sure. Five cents a glass. Uh, can we see if we like it first? I don't know. If we like it, I'll make you a deal. Ten cents a glass for the first 10,000 glasses. Eight cents a glass for every additional glass. I gotta ask my mob. Just take the deal, kid. Okay. Here's your lemonade. You give me change for a hundred. I don't know. I gotta ask my mom. What were your sales this year? Your projected uh, figures for next year. What's your profit margin? Huh? How much money did you make? Uh, a lot. <laughs> oh? How much is a lot? Uh, five dollars and, um... Fifteen cents. Uh, Pee-wee, let's talk about your production and distribution. Where do you make the product? In the kitchen. How many outlets uh, do you reach? Huh? Where do you sell the product? In front of our house. That's it? Oh, well, sometimes I take my wagon across the street. Is your recipe patented? Huh? Who buys the lemons and whatever else you put in this crap? Who who makes the lemonade? My mom. Is she a partner? How much do you pay her? Uh, nothing. She does it for free. Can't beat the labor costs. Even better than in DACA. My little friend. What makes your lemonade different from all the other lemonade products out there? Well, I don't know. It's mine. Uh, little man, uh, what's the name of your product? 
Lemonade? Lemonade. Brilliant. So are you going to give me the five cents? Dude, you got no figures, no business plan, no presentation, and no marketing budget. You got Zippo. I'm out. Lemonade is a crowded market. Your price point is far too low. Sorry, kid. Come see me when you graduate from Harvard Business School. I'm in second grade. I don't know. There's something very likable about this kid. His small-town USA Huck Finn innocence reminds me of when I was selling Girl Scout cookies. This was before I bought the Girl Scouts and monopolized the Scout cookie market. (laughs) I'll give you 10,000 for 100% of the company, plus your mother's slave labor. What do you say? I don't know. This kid can't make a simple decision. What a loser. Don't take it, Pee-wee. Even though we're poor and desperate and can't pay the rent or buy food, at least we have our dignity. Oh, I don't know, Mom. A ten thousand is a lot of dollars. I can buy all the Pokemon cards I want. Okay, you got yourself a deal. With the ten thousand in seed money from our sharks, Pee-wee Frump started his company. Mom's old-fashioned lemonade. Two years later, he's leveraged his little lemonade stand into a high-end beverage empire. Recently, we caught up with him. Oh, Pee-wee, tell us about your success story. Well, the first thing I did was change the company name to Pee-wee's old-fashioned five-second lemonade, which we sell for five eighty-nine a quart. We're in half the supermarkets in North America. We've wiped out the homemade lemonade stands, and we just moved our production facilities to Haiti. Mom must really be proud of you. Mom? (laughs) I fired her. She tried to start a union. The bitch. And now... A special edition of Where Are They Now? The show that drags celebrities out of the dustbin of history. Here's your host, Ellen DeGeneres! A very special guest. You know him as the 20th century's most notorious dictator. Uh, remember this? A slaver! You don't remember, do you? Oh, shame on you. Y'all need to enroll in Ellen's History Club. (laughs) Well, I'll give you a few more clues. The Blitzkrieg of Poland. The invasion of France. The bombing raids of London. Uh, The V-2 rockets. People! Schindler's List! Oh, that's right. Now please welcome Mr. Adolf Hitler! Uh oh, Eva's mama is in the audience. <laughs> so, Ada, you've had quite a journey. Yeah, you could certainly say that. From unknown painter to world famous dictator? Yeah, it has been a wild ride. So, 
How do you become addicted? Or I mean, do you just wake up one morning and say, you know, I feel like invading Czechoslovakia. <laughs> if only it was that easy. What do they say? It takes 10,000 hours to learn how to do anything really, really good? Well, that's what they say. The public, they never see all of the studying, the scheming and plotting. Even the goose-stepping. That choreography was no piece of cake. I studied with Arthur Murray for months. <laughs> hey, folks. What do you think of the show? Dancing with the Fuhrer? <laughs> danke, danke. But yeah, back in the day, I was a busy little beaver. I had a to-do list the size of Munich. You know who stays, who goes, who eats the Bavarian cream, and who gets the short end of the Wiener schnitzel. You know who I was going to go after first? Uh, is this a test? <laughs> the art critics. But then I thought, Adolf, you're bigger than that. Uh, oh, but you must be proud that even 75 years after your supposed death, you're bigger than ever. There have been so many books and movies about you. Comedians do, Hitler. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> An entire cable network, the History Channel, is devoted to your work. That's it. That's it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But you know, Ellen, I didn't do it all by myself. I've had a lot of help. A lot of support from friends, family, the Gestapo. And now, just when I thought I would end up as a clue on Jeopardy, a new generation of fans has discovered me. You don't know how gratifying that is. I got 12 million Vogue following me on Twitter, and I never even tweeted. I got a ghost Twitter, and he's a Jew. <laughs> Do you mind if we talk about your early work? Oh, that's so long ago, it was almost like it was done by a different person. Still, six million Jews. I mean, that's a lot of Jews. I know, I know. To say nothing. Of the Catholics, political enemies, prisoners of war, Roma, and the LGBTQ community, I mean. What were you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like a good idea at the time. But hey, nobody's perfect. You just try to be a better person and learn from your mistakes. I was just giving orders. So, I know our audience is dying to know something. Yeah? What was it like? In the bunker. You and Ava. Your lieutenants all deserted you. The Red Army is knocking on your door. Did you ever get, like, really down? Well, I realize that life isn't just Bavarian cream and Wiener schnitzel. You make the best of it. But everyone thought you were dead. Yeah, I thought I was done for too. But just after I gave Ava and bloody the cyanide, I put the gun right up to the left side of my cranium. You know... The uncreative side, just in case I missed. And? I don't know. Everything after that is a blank. So after all that war and the final solution and all the mishigas you told me, you finally had a chance to get closure. Yeah. I had a long time to reflect on things when I was in the rehab. Tell us about that. Well, I finally admitted to myself that I had a problem with Jew-hating. So I joined this fabulous uh. group, 
anti-Semites anonymous. I mean, any time I start feeling that, you know, that the Juden are the scum of the earth vermin who are destroying the German Uber mansion, I call my sponsor. The power of forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one day I just had this aha moment when I realized that I had all those people killed and did all that bombing because I just didn't love myself. Oh, oh you were acting out. Uh. Yeah, exactly. I learned this in my dictator therapy group. <gasps> dictator therapy? You mean a group, uh... Just for elite dictators. Me, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot. Trump tried to get in, but are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's what I call a dictator A-list. <laughs> it was awesome. During one of the sessions, Stalin was talking about how he kept binging and purging his own people because he didn't trust them. But Pol Pot said that it was really because he didn't trust himself. Ah, uh, Pol Pot, the wisdom of the East. <laughs> yeah, so then I realized that I had killed all the Jews, the homosexuals, the gypsies, the political dissidents, the Dutch, the French, the Polish, the Czechs, the Austrians, the Greeks, the North Africans, the Canadians, and the Americans, because I was trying to kill the Jew, the homosexual, the gypsy, the political dissident, the Dutch, the French, the Pole, the Czech, the Austrian, the Greek, the North African, the Canadian, and the American... In myself. So you found redemption. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just awesome. And you've got a new book all about it, right? Yeah. It's called Hitler. Mind bad. You can get it on the Amazon. Ah, people, this book is I couldn't sleep. People, I'm like, I can't put this audiobook down. And so I'm making it this month's Alan's audiobook club selection. Ah, 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 you're welcome. <laughs> Look, that's my publisher. I think what you want everyone to know is that, well, you're not just about bombing, invading, and dictatoring. You've got a softer side. Yeah. So how how are all your old friends reacting to this Hitler? This new Hitler? I mean, do they even recognize you? Well, a lot of them are like, you're not, like, really the Fuhrer. And I'm like, no, I am, totally. Uh, 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 Stop laughing. Just kidding. Uh, 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 uh. Well, that's it for today's show. And join me tomorrow when some of the hottest new members of QAnon will debut their new Ready to Wear Live. Thanks for calling Flirt Nation. Hi, I'm Mona. Hi, Mona. Hello, baby. What can I do for you? I'm interested in an adult conversation. Sure, honey. What are you into? Foreign policy? Or domestic? Brexit? The West Bank and Gaza? Could we talk about Russian interference in U.S. elections? You're a naughty boy. You want to role play? I can be anybody you want me to be. 
Alicia Mendez, Joy Reed, Rachel Maddow. No, not Rachel. I understand, big boy. Just be yourself. Sure thing, sir gonads. What are you wearing now? Nothing but hemp. Oh my god. So, what do you want me to do now? Well, could you take your top off while reading the lead story in The Nation? My top? But only if you feel like it. Sure, lover. You can call me Professor Woodhouse. Oh, that's so much better, Professor. You're sure you're okay with that? I mean, the last thing I'd ever do is demean women. Me too. I'm a firm supporter of women's rights. Speaking of firm support, what can I do for you now, lover? Can I, um, ask you a question? Anything you want, baby. What role did Russian hackers play in U.S. elections, and did it contribute to the Democrats' decision to impeach Trump for a third time? Oh, that is so hot. That's a lot to unpack, baby. Oh, I know, but I'd love to hear you unpack. So, what do you think? I'm sorry our time is up. But I know you're a generous, giving person, so we'll just put another 200 on your card, right? 200? That's... I mean, I've already spent 150 and we haven't even discussed how Facebook's algorithms foster disinformation? I'm sorry, babe. I don't make the rules. You couldn't just squeeze in five more minutes? I'm only an adjunct, Professor. Sorry, I've got another call. Please, it's not that I don't want to, but I only make $15 an hour, so I have to work two jobs. Have a nice day. Hello? Hello? Did I say the wrong thing? Hello, hot stuff. I'm calling to say that the last caller is a liberal pervert and his phone sex calls are disgusting and they're helping our enemies. Oh, yeah, baby. Your patriotic intolerance is making me so hot. Damn straight. What can I do for you, you supreme hunk of white masculinity? We are turning the corner in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, even Syria. We're going to bomb the shit out of Iran and nuke those slant-eyed North Korean bastards. And if the chinks want to start something, we'll turn Beijing into one big plate of Mugugapan. You are so turning me on. What's your secret name, Proud Boy? The Patriotic Missile? You can call me Reverend Greenwood. Okay, Rev. What would Jesus do? Uh... Do you mean our Lord and Savior? Or some illegal Central American welfare cheater wiggled through the wall? The first. The original Jesus. I know what he'd do. What? He'd take everything off, like I'm doing. Oh yeah, just one little request. Anything, lover. Keep on your MAGA hat. I am your love slave. Oh yeah! The rapture's coming, Rev. Don't leave me behind. Rev, are you in heaven yet? Because I sure am. Almost. Go ahead. Hello? Are you there? I'm sorry. Our time is up. What? Jerk! This is a ripoff. I'll get my attorney after you. Hey, Mona. What's up, Phoebe? How's it going tonight? 
the usual collection of assholes republicans hmm. democrats mm-hmm. no socialists communists workers party Nah, they're all broke most mm. of them are still living with their parents don't they know we got to make a living Thanks for calling Flirt Nation. I'm Phoebe. What can I do for you, lover? Nancy? This is Chuck. Comedy Year Zero was written by Jim Gerard, produced and directed by David Whiteman, and featuring the Year Zero players Patrick Lavery, Roger Madding, Amanda Lee Myers, Morgan Tarrant, and David Whiteman. See you next time on Comedy Year Zero.